Mark chapter 2, verse 23 through 28. You can find it on page 838 in your pew Bibles. Uh, the word of the Lord. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, <clears throat> why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you ne never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He <clears throat> and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread uh, of the pre presence, which is not lawful for any but the Pharisees to eat, or but the priests to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The word of the Lord. It's good to be back. Last week, um, I was uh, in the, on the Native American reservation in, in Bishop, and uh, that was a, was a it was an incredible weekend. But um, I actually just like being back <laughs> with you, and I and I really love seeing the college students home, and um, and of course our new high school grads. If you haven't been with us, um, we are we're going to continue. Well, just for two more weeks today. And next week in our series through the Gospel of Mark called Lord and King. And we're going to look at this passage over two weeks. This passage is about, it's about Sabbath. Um, it's tremendously important. And it's something that's increasingly forgotten and not understood in, in our time as our, as our society is increasingly moving away from the Bible and from the wisdom of the Bible and just from God in general. And I, and I find... Um, even inside the church, inside the church, people have a very poor understanding of the Sabbath and what it is for and how it is a gift, a gift. Now, so we're going to look at this over two weeks, and then, um, and then, we'll, t and then we'll stop or uh, we'll take a break from our series, and then we'll shift gears in the summer, and we'll look at and have a, we'll have a new series for the summer um, on, on like difficult questions about Christianity and that'll be particularly good, maybe for you. It's always we always think that in, in our church, it's always a good Sunday, um, because we always proclaim the gospel for you to invite um, your um, you know unbelieving friends um, to church. But especially this this uh, summer when we do this series, we're um, we're going to raise particular questions that they may have as to why, like I, I can't believe in this stuff because of whatever it is, right? And we, we want to tackle some of those questions in this upcoming series, but. Today and next week, let's look at Sabbath, all right? And, um, and it's actually deeply relevant, not only to us uh, who believe, but also even to, um, even to people outside the church who do not believe, all right? So today's message, God's gift of rest, in three parts. Part one, Sabbath as religion keeping and righteousness maintenance. That's what I want to talk about. That's, that's what we're wrestling with in this passage, Sabbath as religion keeping and righteousness maintenance. It's not just an ancient problem. It's a very, very, just a perpetual problem. And, and it's a particular problem among Christians. Okay? Part two, 
the murmuring of the inner Pharaoh. Okay, you're like, what are you talking about? The murmuring of the inner Pharaoh. You and I, there's a Pharaoh inside your heart. And he, or maybe she, or it, murmurs at you all the time. And it's very, very relevant to the issue and the question of Sabbath, right? And part three, I want to close with the weekly gift from God. Because that's what Sabbath is. You guys know you get gifts from God all the time. You know, we get fixated on something you want from God. How come he's not giving this to me? But actually gives you a gift every single week. And it's a whole day. So let's get into it. Part one, Sabbath as religion keeping and righteousness maintenance. So um, I, I don't know if you, right, you see Jesus this way. Some of the, the, the issues, this, this, we're at, the, we're at the, um, the, only into two, two chapters into the Gospel of Mark. And I don't know if you, um, you understand this. I, mean, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but already people find Jesus so offensive, they're probably already starting to find reason to want to kill him. Okay, this, this isn't, you don't have to get deep into the Gospels before Jesus is so controversial. He's, he's straight up being a rebel here. And because we don't understand um, the, the religious patterns, the culture of this time, it's, it's kind of invisible to us. But here, here's the, the, the controversy that's happening is, so they're out seemingly doing this very innocent thing. They're, you know, plucking grain. And... Um, the, the, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, in other words, the respectable, righteous people of the time, they immediately say, what the heck are, you, are they doing? They're your followers. So they follow what you think is right. Right, Jesus? And then, but they're straight up breaking the law. Now, um, now for those of you who don't understand this, Sabbath, you know, like, what, what's the big deal? Uh, you do a couple things here versus there. We're, we're incredibly pragmatic culture. And um, because we live in a very relativistic age, we just only think about, does it work for me? We don't really think that there are serious rules about right and wrong. And we don't think about whether you keep those rules, how it harms your neighbor. Sabbath keeping is very, very serious business. Because um, it's been said that, the, um, that the, the Jews kept Sabbath. That's the thing that made them weird and strange from all the other people. Now, just, just to give you an idea how, what this looked like, um, they would start, it's, it's a Sabbath is Saturday. It starts Friday evening. So sundown, sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, there's to be no work. <laughs> there's to be no work. And... They took this very, very seriously. Now imagine, I mean, if there are still um, Orthodox Jewish communities today that still do it this way. They, they try to keep these laws in a very, very serious way. You don't see them too much around here, but like maybe if you go to certain localities outside of, uh, outside of New York, and li literally they have um, more than 100 rules. Um, I don't know if there's more than 200. Or, I mean, but back then there was clearly they literally could count all the different rules. So just to give you an example, um, what counts as work? What does not count as work? So obviously plucking food from grain, that's work. That's breaking God's laws. This is in the Big Ten. And so 
This isn't just one of the little rules. So they had a hundred rules to keep the one serious commandment, keep the Sabbath. And so they really took this very, very seriously. So just to give you an example of something like, obviously, plucking, that, that's work. Normally people have to be paid for that. And if we don't do this, then our society doesn't eat. Let's just take, let's take a, another one that maybe you and I would not consider work, but they considered it work. So their rabbis, they thought about this very, very seriously. This is what cons constitutes work. And then they came up with rules for all of them. <laughs> so give me an example. Starting a fire. That's work. So um, when I was doing my master's divinity, I actually, um, you know, I studied this. I had to study some of this rabbinic material. And one of those, this, this blew me away. Starting a fire is work. So you're supposed to eat on the Sabbath. Actually, it's a glorious thing that um, every Sabbath you would have a great family meal. But you can't cook it on that day. You can't even have a fire. You can't even start the fire after sundown on Friday till sundown on Saturday. So you know what they would do? This is just, I mean, I know this sounds kind of a little nutty. They would start, they would actually have like a little pilot light that they would start like Friday afternoon. They would start on Friday afternoon. And then the meal either, you know, Friday evening or Saturday evening, you know, I, I don't exactly know. I mean, I suppose if you add log to that fire or something like that, I guess that's not work. <laughs> but starting the fire is work. And so, um, and they were very scrupulous about this. Now, let's just stop for a moment here. Man, that's just dumb, right? Is it? <laughs> it has been said that the Jews keep Sabbath. But it has also been said the Sabbath keeps the Jews. If you do not have a habit that everybody in your society keeps, then guess what? Work will spill over from six days into that seventh day. Um, have you guys ever met? Jews are a very, very industrious people. They've always been a very industrious people. Um, they study very hard. They're very, very smart people. I mean, they're literate thousands of years ago when nobody else is literate. Um, that means that makes them smarter than everybody else. Do you, know, do you realize that compared to the other cultures, everybody in our culture reads. You guys don't read. We're smarter than you. Guess what? We know how to like advance culture and commerce and other things. Culture and commerce don't just stay in six days of the week. A spillover all seven days. Capitalism, they didn't call it capitalism by then. Guess what? That it's competitive. You think modernity invented competitive capitalism? Of course not. People who work hard also believe in working harder than the next guy. You want to know how the Jews kept their sanity and the power of their life? By this, they put barriers and said, on this day, we do not work. <laughs> and if you break these rules, you hurt all our people. <laughs> the rules are very, very serious. If you go back to um, Exodus 20 or Deuteronomy chapter 5, five, where God gives these commands, he gives them twice. The Ten Commandments are given twice. They're very explicit. 
you can't work, your wife can't work, your slaves, or let's say your employees, they can't work. You know what? Your animals can't even work. <laughs> they don't get to work. It all, you know what the word Sabbath literally means? In Hebrew, the word Shabbat means stop. That's what it means. Just stop. And the, and the, and the, and the, and the reasoning for this is very, very deep. So in Exodus chapter 20, in Exodus chapter 20, the reasoning is God worked for six days and then he rested a seventh. So we are made in the image of God to be like God. There's a six plus one pattern to creation, which is for us, for our deepest humanity. If you really want to be human, you're not human to just work, 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 work. Then how are you different than the animal? It's, it's, it's really incredible. Even the animal gets to rest. All right? Six plus one. But why are you supposed to stop? Because we're actually supposed to be like God. And God says what? I work for six days, and then I... Now, now God, doesn't, God doesn't get tired. But God is not a God of work, work, work. God is a God also of rest. So he stopped. But then if you get to Deuteronomy chapter 5, actually, the reasoning in the Sabbath command changes. Not because, um, not because, of course, God changed his mind, but because there's more to teach, which is this. When you were slaves in Egypt, there was a pharaoh. There was an oppressive master. He never gave you a day off. He treated you like machinery. He treated you like livestock. You weren't human. All you were were just, just produce. Just produce for me, for my glory. That's all you are. And God says, it's not all you are. You belong to me. You're precious to me. I made you glorious, of tremendous, infinite worth to be like me. You understand? The human being has infinite, infinite worth. If you're made in the image of God, you have infinite worth. That's, you know, today in our secular age, they call it dignity. That's too, too weak. That's why it's wicked to treat people with oppression. Do you, do you understand that one of these days you're going to get a job, you younger people and those who do have a job, you know this. Your company is already, they start guilting you, they start guilting you, start pushing you, sort of like, there was a guy I, I just met the other day at, 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 a, at, you know, at a graduation party. And um, he wasn't a Christian. He's not a Christian. But he was taught, he, you could tell he is angry. And he met a guy who quit his job at Facebook. It's right in our town. And he says, because I work 12 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. And then my manager started saying things like, you might want to come in on Sunday, too. And then the guy quit his job. The other guy who was telling me this story was saying, it's the corruption of our culture. Treating people like livestock, like machinery. And in Deuteronomy chapter 5, God says, heck no. Stop. Because you belong to me. So the Jews took this very, very seriously. They set up a whole series of rules. <laughs> More than a hundred of them. 
Maybe, um, and then Jesus comes along and his disciples break one of them. And they're going, you broke it. Don't you know that that's like a, a, a that's going to corrupt our whole culture? We have to do this over against all these crazy Greco-Romans that enslave us. And, um, but you know, this is a strange thing. Inside of what they're doing, there is a wisdom, a powerful wisdom. But there's this other thing too. You know, human beings, this is the way, this is how sin works. If you're not being oppressed by the Pharaoh on the outside, then we kind of start oppressing ourselves on the inside by our own righteousness making and the way we make ourselves. So we're good people. We're built on God. We have good rules. They are good rules. And then, but I keep the rules. You don't keep the rules. I'm better than you. All this stuff becomes religious maintenance. They start become my righteousness, my righteousness achievements. And then we compare everybody else on this thing, and then we beat down the people who don't, and then we become a new kind of religious pharaoh. That's what's happening in the passage. Does Jesus agree with Sabbath keeping? Of course, he's God. He instituted that command. But now, now they're falling off the cliff on the other side, which is, well, you know, we've got to have some good habits and rules, and now let's tighten them up and then become, now that, that's a new kind of enslavement. And, and, then, and Jesus' answer to this is, is, the Sabbath, man was not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for you. It was made for you. If you go to Matthew 12, he actually, you know, this is a strange portion in the passage where Jesus cites this remarkable portion in the scriptures where David actually goes in and breaks the rule. He eats his bread. And, G and then because, you know, that's actually a bigger, that's a, that's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's wor much worse than what, the, um, what uh, the Jesus' disciples are doing. And Jesus points out, well, why, why do you have a, you don't have a problem with that. Why? Because you know David was chosen by God. And, his peop and his, he and his followers were deeply hungry. And God, that bread is for God's people. That's what it's for. And so God is, so he pushes this question. So he says this, I desire, so this is the way he puts it in Matthew chapter 12. If you go to the, this is one, if some, just let me give you a, a quick little tip on how to read the Bible. There are some stories in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that are repeated. And sometimes you get more light on the passage from one or the other. So if you go to the parallel passage in Matthew 12, Jesus puts it this way. Have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? You know what he's saying? The priests work. But have they sinned? No. I work, guys. This is not my Sabbath. This is not my Sabbath. Uh, this, is a, this is a day of work for me. Um, but I'm not breaking the Sabbath. And so that's part of what he's saying. But then he goes on. I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, that is bigger than the temple. Bigger than the religion and the trappings of the religion. If you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. That's a quote from Hosea chapter 6. 
you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He says all that right after he says this point about David. Same stuff. And what is he saying? It's really offensive. <laughs> you know what he's saying? Oh, I'm the Lord of this day. <laughs> That's what he's saying. All your religion, you're doing it wrong. I'm the Lord of this day. And I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Sacrifice is the way they practice their religion. He's saying, but actually, I want the thing inside of my purposes. Mercy. Mercy is what Sabbath is for. Now, I want to just say this. I'm going to ask this question before I go to part two of my message. Um, today, what we do is we just lower the standards. I mean, they, their issues where they raise the standards really, really high. <laughs> We've lowered the standards really, really. That's kind of what we do in this like, lazy, relativistic, self-centered culture. That's what we do. Okay? Um, but it's really interesting. We still do religion maintenance, righteousness keeping. We still do it. We just do it at a really low bar. <laughs> so, you know, you just check, goes, okay, okay, so, it's Sunday, it's Sunday. Okay, if I just go to church, okay, then, then I did my thing. <laughs> if I go to church, um, I, just for the sermon, <laughs> you know, I, just, just whatever. I, I got the thing. I did my thing. And then the rest of the day, the rest of the day, you know, you go, okay, well, I, I've got to get XYZ work done. And then, and then I've got to do four chores for my kids. <laughs> and, um, and then I've got to do eight, you know, these other few things because you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with my stocks on Monday and you know, the, there's, a, there's a stock trading day tomorrow. And um, in other words, it's just like any day. <laughs> Except for about an hour, you got to do your religion. That's not Sabbath. Many, many Christians, this is the way we practice it. It's exactly the same as Phariseeism. It's just kind of low bar Phariseeism. It's a really low bar legalism. And then, even worse, we don't even get the rest. At least the Jews got to not work. And then they all bless each other with no work. Because that's kind of what we do. When we do it together, if everybody else is working, guess what? Then you're like you have nobody to hang out with. It's supposed to be a blessed day of fellowship. Um, but, you know, if everybody's working, then, then we're lonely and then this day doesn't become special and then it starts corrupting our hearts. And that's what's happening in our culture. So we've kind of like gotten rid of both. In our day today, we, make, we have the low bar Phariseeism and then we don't even get the rest. Okay? So... Um, Thanks, Pastor, for just being really uh, depressing. <laughs> um, let's go to part two. Let's go to part two. Um, the murmuring of the inner Pharaoh. So I told you, Exodus chapter 20. We were made in the image of God. Be like God. Infinite worth. The human being has infinite worth. It, it must not be oppressed and worked like a machine, like an animal, seven days a week. It's a six plus one. It's really interesting. Six days you shall work, which is another way of saying not one day you shall work and six days you shall be lazy. <laughs> Some people are like, I just want to retire early and I'll never work again. That is not God's will. 
Okay, that is not God. I'm going to live on a yacht and, you know, just, you know, stuff my face and have entertainment all the time, and it'll be Sabbath every day. No, you'll, you'll, just, you'll just be lost. Right? Actually, I, I, I believe, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, this idea that we're going to retire and not work again, I, I don't believe in it. Because of God, not because I'm so smart. Six days you shall work. Now, we may not work work like making money work when you get, you know, to retirement age, but I think you should get up and do work, contribute, have purpose. But one day, like God, stop Shabbat. Now, that's, that's Exodus 20. But I want to talk about um, Deuteronomy 5. There was an enslaving master called Pharaoh. And you guys, you guys, you've watched the movie, right? You know, then there was the bricks, and then they took away the bricks, and you got to make your own. I mean, you guys all have seen that movie, and because that's right out of the Bible. But God back then took care of the external Pharaoh. You know, there's actually a, a much worse Pharaoh. He's the internal Pharaoh. You and I all have an enslaving. Inside of you, inside of me, it's in your little voice, inside your mind. Do this, do this, God, do this, God, do this, God, do this. And one of my favorite preachers, Tim Keller, he calls it the murmur, murmuring. It's like a, it's not, it's not even like, it doesn't even actually say literal words. You guys know that feeling that is inside your heart that's kind of inside of you. And each of you, just like me. You know what that is? It's Sunday. It's supposed to be a day off, and it's like this. There's no rest. Because it's a pharaoh inside of you. In fact, you think it's you. And, but you think, I'm in control of my life. Nobody tells me what to do. I take this day off, and I'm just going to just entertain myself or something like this. But actually, it's not much rest, is it? Why? Because there's a little murmur going on inside, the enslaving little, you know, enslaving king, master, and you think it's you. But let me offer some what these pharaohs are like. So for each of you, the pharaoh voice is a little different. The murmuring is a little different. Let me offer some, right? Um, the pharaoh of perfection. So some of you have the pharaoh of perfection. Perfect grade perfect body, perfect parenting, perfect parenting. You know, you should actually just, today, no perfect parenting, just imperfect parenting. Just some of my kids just kind of wander around. And just, of course, you know, I'm not going to let them get too dangerous, but like, I'm not going to parent you that perfectly today because I can stop. <laughs> from God. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> How about perfect kids? That Pharaoh needs to shut up. Shut up. Tell that Pharaoh inside of you, shut up. From God. How can you stop? How about this? The Pharaoh of complete. Everything's incomplete. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. Oh, no, the, the bathroom's a little dirty. So it's not even like making money. 
Oh, there's like five more action items I gotta do at work today. Oh, da 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 da. Oh, I gotta do that little bit more research, little, or, or I won't get that grade. The Pharaoh of completion. How about control? I'm in control of my life. If I don't do this, do, 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 everything will be, oh, it won't be in control. Um, you know, I, I, I've, uh, over the years, I, uh, I, I've met women who have anorexia. <laughs> they think it's about their body. A lot of them, it's about control. Wouldn't it be great if they can say, stop counting all the calories, stop running, running, running. Today, I remember, I belong to the Lord. Not control. <laughs> Um, this one's interesting. The Pharaoh of entertainment. <laughs> the Pharaoh of entertainment. So some of you wake up not to make money or to work, and da, 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 but you wake up for your entertainment. <laughs> and there's a lot of choices. The Netflix, the Korean drama, <laughs> your K-pop videos, eating out, this, this, and that. And there's like, and there's, and then, and then I got to go make the perfect coffee. And, and then there's like all these little things. And, and you have to do all these things to, is that restful? Is it? You notice you, 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 it's, it's cool the first time. And then it's like, it's like, yeah, you know, like by the end of the NBA finals, it's like, yeah, okay, all right, so it's over now, okay. Um, <laughs> it's over now. That's kind of how I felt. I was like, we won. Okay, okay. Listen. We won. We knew we were going to win. Cool. Okay. Is it restful? Okay, a few more. Um, the Pharaoh of choice. Got to have maximum, maximum choice. Can't lose any of your choices. Should throw away some of your choices. The Pharaoh of more. 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 More money. More stuff, more achievements, more grades, more activities for my kids, more TV shows, more, more self-recognition, more glory, my glory, more. Stop. Please, stop. It's enslaving you. And one more. This one, um, I see this one a lot. The, the, the Pharaoh of other people. Some of you are pleasers. And so other people make me, you feel guilty. You need to do this for me. Why don't you do this? You need to do this for me. Why don't you do this? So there's no day that that stops. And you can't feel happy about yourself unless you make other people happy. And then there's a couple people in your life, they just know this about you and they use you and they use you. And but actually, they, even if they're not using you, you're doing it to yourself. It's really weird. They're not using you, but you're so you have a need to please them that you do it to yourself, inner Pharaoh. Wake up on Sunday morning, or whatever the other day may be, and please stop. <laughs> what is your Pharaoh? He needs to die. She needs to die. You know why? It's the devil. That's why. <laughs> it's the devil. Now let's close. If the Pharaoh is you, 
and you, you think I'm in control, and that little voice that's you is actually a puppet for the devil. Do you know that? Do you know that you're, I'm so wise, I need control. It's, a, it's kind of interesting how that doesn't, the, the, the devil doesn't speak clearly. It's a murmur. It's like a feeling. It's a feeling that just makes you unsettled. And you, under, you understand what I'm talking about? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're, you're weird. You're either wonderfully like settled, con, you know, content human being, or I'm just not a very good preacher and I'm not explaining, but I bet you most of you know what I'm talking about. You know what that is, that murmur? It's the devil. <laughs> and this is why Sabbath needs worship. You need a voice. You need a power. You need a greater king and a greater Lord that kills the devil, that makes that voice stop. You could tell that voice to stop, but then it comes back. You and I have been slaves for many, many years. However long you've been alive, you've been enslaved. And so some of you are like, I've been a, I've been a Christian. Jesus redeemed me. Jesus saved me. Okay, good. I know it's a once and for all grace. Great. But then, oh, enslavement. Enslavement. Oh, go get those grades. Oh, I'll go to a perfect mom. All that stuff. But you understand that the Lord gives you this gift Every week. Every week. He liberates you from enslavement every week. And you know how it comes? Through the gospel. <laughs> That's how it comes. And let me say the gospel to you. The king, the Lord, Lord and King is the name of the series, who is greater than the enslaving King or queen, Lord, devil, you, came to release you from that horrible, horrible murmuring of that horrible, horrible Pharaoh. And every week he helps you to shut that voice up and hear from him. I went all the way to hell and back. You belong to me. I will never make you into an animal, into a machine part. You are not a slave. You are a son, a daughter like me, utterly cherished. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the grade. Don't worry about the perfect kids. Don't worry about like having to please all these other people. Please stop. You're free. You're liberated. You have infinite worth. You have infinite worth from me. You are cherished. You are safe. Today, stop. Know me. Believe me. Worship me. And then sleep. <laughs> and then laugh. And then hang out with your kids. And then go for a walk. And then make love to your spouse. <laughs> Freely. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> Don't think about all these other things. The voice is quiet. I'm the only voice that you need today, every week, every day. That's the gospel. Can you believe that?
That's what we need this. That's what today is. For the whole day. <laughs> Not just for 30 minutes or an hour through religion. From your king. The whole day. Every week. So this heart of deep, deep rest can go into Monday and all through the week. Run to Jesus, please. Let him give you the whole day. It's a gift. It's a gift. He doesn't shortchange you. Don't take a 30-minute thing. Just, I mean, wake up on Sabbath. (laughs) Let's go worship. Let's go get all of it. Let's let's go praise him. Let's, Let's let him rain down his Holy Spirit on me as I sing his praises. I'm just so broken, and so just I'll just let other people sing, and they will rain down his praises on me, and I will remember again, I'm not a slave. And the Pharaoh can shut up, and only Jesus' voice will be in my heart, and I'll be free. That's Sabbath. Let's pray. We look at ourselves and we're like, I'm human. But then we treat ourselves like livestock, like machinery. And then, but we think, oh, I'm good to myself, but actually we're horrible to ourselves because we can't be our own Lord. (laughs) We can't be our own Savior. We can't be our own King. We're horrible kings because... When we are, there'll always be another Pharaoh. There'll always be the devil. And we thank you, Jesus. You came to rescue us. You came to liberate us. You came to redeem us from that horrible, wretched devil called me. (laughs) Redeem us from the horrible Pharaoh so that you would bless us with mercy, with freedom, with rest. So may we go to you. May we learn to receive from you. May we learn to receive the whole day. May we learn to receive our new hearts, the heart of sonship, the heart of being a daughter, cherished with infinite worth from the Father, through you, the only true liberating redeeming, rest-giving God and King. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.